there is. How do you apply spiritual principle in the real world? What are your daily spiritual practices? These are the kinds of questions we'll talk about in this show. Your hosts, Leslie and Tracy, will share their experiences, but also want to learn from your insights, your questions, and your suggestions. So, don't just listen in. Call us with your comments. Welcome to Say Yes to Spirit. This is Leslie and not Tracy. There's no Tracy. You know, Tracy's voice is always the voice you hear first, and so it's a little discombobulating to me to be the first voice. Those of you who have listened for a period of time understand that routine is very important to me, and doing the same thing the same way is very important to me. But today, we're going to do things a little bit differently. So you'll hear my voice um, coming in and out of the breaks where we normally hear Tracy's voice, and I'm sure you won't miss her as much as I'm missing her. But uh, we have live in the studio office uh, guests that will participate in today's uh, show with us. And, you know, I should have really asked uh, one guest how to make sure I pronounced her last name correctly. So I'll start with the one guest I know how to say her name, Sherry Wood or Woods. Wood. Wood. Sherry Wood. Singular. Singular. And Christine Volkmer. Correct. Oh, points for Bingo. Bingo. Yep. So Sherry Wood and Christine Volkmer are the guest hosts today. They are practitioners at the Center for Spiritual Living and spiritual coaches. And um, it was interesting. Tracy is actually at a fabulous conference in Florida. And two weeks ago when she and I were discussing about what to do today, um, Many times we've pre-recorded shows in the past, and I would just play them. And uh, other times uh, I've actually spoken an entire hour by myself, which I know is hard for some people to believe, but no one that knows me. Um, and so Tracy said, well, what do you want to do? And I, the next day I thought the two women, and they might not know this because they don't really know me and I don't really know them, but the two women that I admire the most, I've been going to the Center for Spiritual Living for about six years, and I've kind of watched Christine and Sherry from afar, and I just like their energy. I like um, how they present themselves in the world, who they are to other people, as I, well, I've watched their interactions um, in volunteer positions and just in the world in general. And I thought, man, I wonder if Sherry and Christine would do the show with me. So I reached out, and y'all said, yeah. Yay. Yes. They yeah, said absolutely. yes to spirit. So we're yeah. very cool about that. So... So our topic today is service, and what we know that we like to do, again, me and my routine, is connect the dots to last week. And um, so last week we talked about spring. And I'm, I'm curious, Christine or Sherry, does, does, does spring and service have any kind of connect the dots in your mind? Well, um, I think that Spring is uh, sort of that natural time for digging and seed planting. And so when I think about service and spring, I think about um, the fact that many times when you get outside of your normal routine in your box, right, Leslie? Yes, yes. <laughs> very, very scary out there. Yes, that um, there are many opportunities to... Um, you know, get involved and give back to your, you know, either your spiritual community, your neighborhood community, your city community, whatever it is, um, and that you never know what's going to come of that. Mm. You just never know. So, for example, um, I have a good friend who is also in the public relations business, as I am, and um, she was working for a government office under Governor Richard in Santa Fe, mm. and so when he went out of office and the Republicans came in, of course, they cleaned the house <laughs> and she lost her job, oh, wow. and Santa Fe is a small town, and it's hard to get work there, and so her immediate plan of action was to start volunteering her PR services for several nonprofits and arts groups and oh, that nice. kind of thing in Santa Fe, and, you know... Just stay in touch, stay connected. It helped her keep her sanity while mm. she was looking for work, but um, it was also a real gift to the community. And sure enough, little by little, through the vines, she landed a, another job at the College of Santa Fe. And so, you know, sometimes that's, um, I, I would hate to say self-serving. It, it can be sure. self-serving. 
but it can also be um, proactive in mm-hmm. terms of seed planting, um, particularly if you know maybe you're out of work or you really just need to get out of the rat trap or the rat race <laughs> that you're in and you're thinking about new work. So in some ways, that's, that's sort of your connector to seed planting and springtime. I tell you, I love that, and I don't know, Tracy. You could be you could be replaced for the connect the dots because that's pretty good. That's pretty good. <laughs> Tracy doesn't like playing that game with me. And by golly, Christine, you did an excellent job. I love to play. I love connect the dots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it. That's right. All right. Well, we will take a little break, and we'll come back, and we will talk about service. Encouraging you on your spiritual path. You know, that's our little tag that we use, Sherry and uh, Christine. We say encouraging you on your spiritual path. Mm-hmm. And um, kind of like you said right before the break, Christine, in terms of being self-serving, Tracy and I have noticed over the last, uh, over a year now, that this is uh, the most uh, that this show is doing is encouraging us on our spiritual path. Right. So it's certainly, right. we love to make it all about you, but really it's all about me <laughs> at the end of the day. And uh, just funny, even, funny how that works, isn't it? And I really think, you know, service, like you said, it, it really is, it's a two-way street. And, and, I, and as I said earlier, I really don't know that much about y'all's lives, and I'd love if you want to just kind of take turns and talk about service you've done in the past or how service has played out in your professional or spiritual lives or anything you want to share. Okay. I'll start. I learned it from Sherry, so I'll okay. start. <laughs> <Nice. laughs> I love it. Okay. Well, I'm the woman that um, has a sticky note by her bedside that says, stop me if I volunteer again. You're kidding. Literally? Literally. Wow. So, um it's, I'm one of those people that hand naturally raises. Oh, I can do that. Sure, I can do that. Oh, no problem. I can do that. And so for me, it's been learning how to only say yes to those things I'm really passionate about mm. and where I can feel I have the most impact because, you know, the truth is there's probably, like, a lot of things that mm. any individual could do. So mm. for me, it's learning to say where can I be the most effective and what feeds me the most, um, and not because you know I think we've all volunteered for stuff and then gotten there and go, ooh, why am I right. why am I doing this? This doesn't feel right or it doesn't feel good. Um, so for me, it's you know it goes back to when my you know when I was a teenager, I used to do community service work and wow. things like that, and just um, so I think it's part of who I am, it's part of just, Mm -hmm. it comes very naturally to me. You know, when my kids were little, it was was the preschool PTA, mainly to keep my sanity and also for 
you know, for different reasons. Yes, it was mm-hmm. to do good in the neighborhood and for the neighborhood school, but it was also that connection mm. with other moms and, you know, friendships that developed and things like that. So there's all kinds of ways, I think, that we can give service in the world and for all different reasons. And it kind of depends on your age and stage in life. Um, now that, the kids, oh, like that now that the kids are all gone, you know, I thought, oh, man, I'm going to have all this free time and woohoo, and I can do all this stuff. And, okay, I'm overbooked. <laughs> really? Wow, that quickly. That quickly. So it's like then it's like learning to, like, actually step back and go, mm. okay, wait a minute. You actually don't have to save the world, mm. you know, all by mm. yourself. And so what what's really important and what, um, like I said, what really feeds you and what's going to have that impact both for who you're being a service to mm-hmm. and, and to yourself because, like you said, it is a two-way street. Right. You know, that's, I think that's why we do want to serve and connect with people and it's just that part of our humanness mm-hmm. that um, I think brings us to that. And did your spiritual connection, did that come early as well in terms of having a community that you felt comfortable in that you wanted to give back to or has the spiritual Um, community and the servicing or the service work that you do here at the Center for Spiritual Living in Dallas, has that been a part of you for a long time or is that something? Well, off and on, when um, when my kids were little, we were, um, I was very involved in a Catholic church. Nice. Um, So, yeah, I was. Yeah, you know, involved, we did, yeah, yeah, yeah involved cool. and did, you know, the carnival and I was present in the religious ed. Oh, I love and, it.
mix it up is mm-hmm. is a good rule of thumb, at least for me, because right. I'm I I need that variety. Um and so I'm I it was difficult for me to step up to, you know, leadership here and say, you know what, I'm so tired, I'm I'm just I'm not being effective for you, and it's also now draining me in in my mm-hmm. professional work. So I just can't keep doing the same thing over and over and over, much as I would love to. Much as every time I see the gap, I think, oh, I could fill that gap like that. I just have to hold myself back and say, okay, no, where else can you be of service at this point in time? And so... What I realize is sometimes I take the easy road. It takes a little more motivation mm-hmm. to do a little discovery and try something different and grow in a different way. But what I'm guessing is that in the process of doing that, there's um, there's a real gift. There's a real gift there. Mm-hmm. So I'm at the moment in discovery process of, okay, what <coughs> direction could I go that would give me something mm-hmm. different, just you know, a different experience. And you don't have to do it forever, you know. Right, right. Volunteer for six weeks. You can um, volunteer for a day. You know, that's such an interesting point about self-care in the mm-hmm. servicing yeah. process. Right. Yeah, definitely. And, and how amazingly wise of you to see that, you know, you weren't taking care of yourself to the extent that then that was bleeding over mm-hmm. and, and, and you weren't being helpful to yourself or to others, you know, right, in the long right. run of it, and you right. stopped it before it got in. You know, I think most of us have to be stopped. Right. <laughs> Usually it gets to the point where someone yeah. comes to us and says, gosh, you know, <laughs> let somebody else take over that board. <laughs> you know, exactly right. I think you volunteered for 12 years. You know, Sally yeah. Sue would love I don't, don't want to be that person. Yeah, right. Yeah. So uh, that's so wonderful that you are right. taking that moment. Right. And, mm-hmm. and do you have any idea of what, is it going to ignite you now? Or? Well, um, yeah, you know, I think one of my um, passions that I have outside of work is around um, food and food education. And so um, I started thinking about that, and mostly because, you know, when I occasionally sit down and watch TV, I've been watching Jamie Lula on the oh, show out. Oh, you know, Jamie like, Lula. Not Jamie Lula. Who am I talking about? No, no, Jamie Lula. Jamie, 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 what's his last name? Jamie whoever, but Jamie, the the British, the food British guy, you know, who goes into schools and he oh, tries to upend the cafeteria yeah. and the kids eat. He's done like a documentary stuff. or something, right. hasn't yes, he? Yes, yes, yes. And all of the calories and all of the empty stuff well, that goes on in the food and the schools. Especially and in the, the school. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm thinking, hmm, that might be a lot of fun to, like, go around the corner. I live literally, you know, about 100 steps from an elementary school around really? the corner from our house, and I thought, you know, what would that be like to mm-hmm. go in and, and do something around food with kids or, or a community garden or whatever? Mm-hmm. So I am, I'm thinking along those lines. But speaking of food, mm-hmm. I have to tell a funny story on Sherry. <laughs> oh, you did? Okay. So, she so feels really strongly okay. about okay. that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, this was, oh, my God, this had to have been, I don't know, how long have we been together? 20 years. So this had to have been 20-plus years ago. I was getting to know Sherry, and so a Thanksgiving weekend, and I guess our, you know, middle kids were, I don't know, maybe in first and third grade, something like that. And so we decided, or she decided that she was going to do Meals on Wheels delivery over Thanksgiving weekend because, you know, the tour. Right. Love that. That's for you. Volunteers uh, need to take a break. So we'd volunteer, and I'm like, great, great. So, you know, white girl living up, you know, in the northeast side of town. I, I don't I had been to South Dallas maybe to go to the fair. Um <laughs> and so Sherry loads up the big blue station wagon with me and two little two of our six boys and mm-hmm. so we go down and pick up boxes of food and whatnot and then we start driving into deep South Dallas neighborhoods. Right. Okay. I was terrified. Wow. Of my wits, terrified, white knuckling, going, are we going to get killed? Blah, blah, blah. Every prejudice, every fear, every. Of course, you know, this was long, long before I had any sense about um, race consciousness, any of that kind of thing. I'm really telling on myself here. But, um, man, oh, man, just to follow Sherry, just like blazing up and down stairways and shaking hands and seeing the, the. 
sweetest people on the mm-hmm. face of the earth be mm-hmm. so grateful mm-hmm. and to see these little shiny boy faces and mm-hmm. to see the impact it made on the kids it was it it was one of those experiences mm-hmm. like i needed somebody to take me by the hand yes. and say this is so worthwhile you're mm-hmm. going to love this mm-hmm. get over yourself and really it's okay mm-hmm. and um so i i always credit her for you know now i do a lot of professionally work in South Dallas and absolutely love it Mm -hmm. and see how much um, potential there is across the board in um, Southern Dallas and um, very excited about what's happening right now um, under Mayor Rawlings' regime and his work in trying to get people on board (laughs) with, you know, understanding that it's that you get to know folks and you'll fall in love with them and you get to mm-hmm. um, watch communities come together. And so I'm just I'm, I'm loving that at the moment. But I really, I credit all of that to Sherry Wood. That's so cool. Absolutely. And I live in the hood, Christine, so if you ever want to come you. back. <laughs> <laughs> we were just fine. My property tax was just fine before all the miserable things. <laughs>
You know, that's so curious because um, did y'all see the movie Patch Adams? Robin oh, Williams yeah. made the movie on yeah, Patch I Adams' life. I guess I didn't really know his story. He was the first doctor, I guess, in the 50s and 60s to try to have some sort of personal connection to the patients and, you know, look at the right. bedside manner idea. And so he was always pushing himself. He was always inviting patients to his house. He was going to people's houses. And mm-hmm. he just had this natural, instinctual knowing that he was connected mm-hmm. to people and he was safe and he was fabulous. Right. And he got connected to a female, uh, uh, what do you call them? I guess, you know, doctors in practice, doctors and in, doctors interns. Residents. 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 That's the official yeah, yeah. why we have smart people on the show. <laughs> um, you, do, you do have a purpose. Uh, don't leave me. Whatever you do, don't leave before the show ends. Um, is a resident, a female resident that he fell in love with. Right. And she was nervous and she was scared and everything was scary mm-hmm. in her world and people weren't safe. And she would see him going into these really scary situations and not, you know, having any fear. And, and, and she was like, okay, I want to be that way. And he would mm-hmm. encourage her, oh, just reach out to people. They're fun. They're friendly. Everything's going to be fine. Mm-hmm. And she ended up going on a house call to this man. And this is a true story. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, he killed her. He was a mass murderer at the time, and he and and in wow. the movie, and I didn't read the book, but in the movie, it, it portrayed that you know Dr. Adams at that point just went through mm-hmm. and said, "I'm done. I'm not going to be a doctor. Obviously, my methods aren't good because right. I got her killed." You right. see, and it was yeah. this most profound scene in the movie where his friend comes. And see, I get so emotional, but um, I, <laughs> quickly, I can get so emotional. But he comes and he says to him, you're not responsible. She didn't follow her own intuition because mm-hmm. she didn't have that same level. She was pushing or forcing. So there, there's a mm-hmm. fine line between yeah. saying yes to spirit and, and feeling like it's the right thing and then yeah. forcing yourself into a situation where you really don't feel safe right, or right. you don't feel, right. you know. Right. And, and I think, um, you know, that whole idea of, Having a spiritual practice, we talk a lot about, you know, what is our spiritual practice and how do we deepen that connection so that we can have that intuition of, you know, I don't have to be Patch Adams, I don't have to be Sherry Wood, I can be what's comfortable for me, push myself, but not, you know, totally overlook my own sort of... experience and my own belief system because exactly. if, if my belief system isn't quite there yeah. then I I could get myself in a bit of trouble but I want to I want to always work on that spiritual practice to get my belief system where it's rock solid because yeah, I'm exactly. like you I don't yeah, exactly. you know, I don't lock the doors I don't do anything it's just not my experience people right. aren't going to that's not my experience it's not going to happen I know that but okay. if other people live like I lived mm-hmm. you know they would probably be very unsafe yes so it's mm-hmm. it's a real interesting bag about that but um mm-hmm. It's interesting to think about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I um, I do credit Sherry. I, my lifelong dream is I wish I could make enough money so that Sherry could quit her job and just do volunteer work. <laughs> there you go. There you go. You don't want to adopt somebody when you get that. Yeah. Did y'all play the lotto last night? No. Not the big one. Not the big one. Here's dysfunction for you. I was sitting um, and I was thinking it was like 9:30, and I thought I have to go get lottery tickets. I have to go get lottery. If I don't play, I won't. I can't win. Uh, You know, I've got to play so that I can win. Right, right. Right. So I go. (laughs) I take myself to the little stop and go in the hood, and I get my five dollars worth of tickets. And as soon as I look at my tickets, I go, Oh, I never win these things. I mean, isn't that great? Oh, my God. Isn't that great? Oh, that isn't that great? I was like, can I have my money back? I've already screwed this up in the world of intentions. You know, exactly right. But I know. I'm sitting on the couch. I have to go because I could win. If I don't play, I could win. That's right. That has nothing to do with service, but I thought it was a good story. (laughs) So um, back to service and saying yes to spirit. And, And can you all think of other examples of when you said yes to spirit, when it was a little scary and it pushed you into a a new uh, place that you wouldn't have been. I know even coming to CSL for me, I had Mm -hmm. um, been involved in a Christian mystic group that uh, Mm -hmm. kind of fell apart, and one of the um, students of the group had been a CSL minister in California, and she said, you know, find the CSL in Dallas, and and that's how I ended up here. And I was really not, you know, I I was kind of hesitant to get involved, and I was was one of the people that came in late and left early, and I didn't want to (laughs) I still do that now, but that's just because that's how I am. But, you know, back then it was not to be seen. But 
I had to push myself to start volunteering here right. to get myself known, to let myself in that, and, and that was, you know, really, it was out of my comfort zone, because mm-hmm. I, you know, I was, um, everybody, y'all all seemed kind of wise and spiritual. And mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so it was, yeah, 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 well, I think um, probably the most profound uh, service type thing that we did early on when we came into this community, and you came in after we were already in this building, right. but I think for folks who were um, prior to that, who were in the old space, how long ago? Eight years ago Eight years or so. Ago. Yeah. So this property that we're sitting in right now, this room that we are sitting in right now mm-hmm. actually um, has a very profound meaning. And so this was a, an office space that needed severe gutting and refurbishing in order for us to have a new oh, really? um, a new church community okay. home. And so every, and of course there was no budget for this and except to pay Susan Penke, um, for whom Panky Hall is named here at our community, uh, to be the project manager. Now, mind you, Susan had, you know, handyman experience um, in terms of doing some mm-hmm. basic home renovations. So she's learning along as we go. That's right. And then she's got the book. Teaching, right. <laughs> she's reading yeah, out loud. That and how, move this. how to renovate a building for dummies. Kind wow. Of I'm like, okay, how do we do this? How do we tape and then? And how to volunteer for. Yeah. And yeah. Oh, here's points. Who were often, you know, mm-hmm. like me. Okay. So <laughs> blonde and like I know how to hammer a nail and, and change a light bulb and that's about it. Oh, that's so and good. learned how to tape in bed and stain mm. and hang windows and tile wow. and I mean you yeah, I mean think about this hang space. doors. Hang yeah. doors wow. and um lay tile and just the most amazing thing. And so when our whole community came together Night after night, weekend after weekend, mm. people putting in so many hours. When the project was completed and we moved into the space, there was actually grief. Mm. There was grief. There was, of course, elation that we were in a new home and a great space that everybody's energy and actual physical hands-on wow. was embedded. This wall right behind mm-hmm. me, before this sheetrock was laid, this used to be the senior minister's office, Behind this sheetrock are messages of love that were written on the wall. Oh, you're kidding. To yeah. Peter Welders, and then it was sheetrocked over and painted. But oh, I'm telling you, that's awesome. I mean, there was literally grief because suddenly people who had invested so much heart, soul, sweat, blood, mm-hmm. tears, mm-hmm. Uh, the, you name it, um, the project was finished. And so there was just sort of this natural grief and letdown. And, and of course, then that energy, you know, was um, redirected into other volunteer aspects here right. at the community. But, I, I mean, it is quite profound what happened as a result of that laying the foundation mm-hmm. um, so that people like you walking mm-hmm. through the doors wouldn't necessarily know that physical experience, but it's in the walls. Oh, oh and energetically, it is here. And, you know, we may not be here forever. We may move on to another space and do some, you know, something similar. But it, it was really mm-hmm. quite something to build up a spiritual community by way of doing something like mm-hmm. that that took, mm-hmm. what, probably 10 months, I think. No, we had five months. We had from January to May. Right. Oh, wow. And and there was was some preliminary work that happened, of course, in the the few months prior. But, yeah, I think, I mean, it was literally like birthing a baby in a nine-month period of time, and it it was quite something, Mm -hmm. quite something. Um, You know, and Susan Pankey almost fell down the elevator shaft. I mean, there were when we were talking earlier (laughs) about be careful in some regards in in terms of stretching yourself and yet at the same time, yes, (laughs) don't kill yourself. Don't kill yourself, literally. (laughs) (laughs) We we had some of that. uh, You know, it, it was just really quite an experience of transformation for people, for the community, for the space that we're in. And, uh, 
Yeah, so there's there's something about that. There's another point that I wanted to bring up, and this is something that um, has been, it's a little disturbing to me. And so I'm throwing this question out for discussion and also maybe for your listeners. And, And that is that right now in most high schools, and this has probably been going on at least the last 10 years when I think our oldest boys were in high school and getting ready to graduate, um, there's this thing that in order to fill out your college applications and whatnot, you had to show some some track oh, record. community service. Community. Right, 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 right. And Especially so the Catholic it, schools or the private schools. Right, whatever. right. And so it sort of became this um, almost like another course in the curriculum mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. in order to get out you had to kind of do something. Mm-hmm. And, and totally, for most kids, in the wrong spirit. I mean, you have some kids who are naturally oh, wired, uh-huh. like Sherry Wood uh-huh. would have been, um, to do that kind of thing. And then you have other kids that, you know, in order for them to ever even go that direction, it sort of has to be a have-to requirement. Mm-hmm. And I tell you, I just have a real question about that. Mm. Is that, you know, to have kids sort of have to do that, is that the right way? Is that, should it, to me, I like things to be more organic and like mm. to come from a heart space and from that kind of thing. And and kids, I believe, can be inspired to do that either because they have a teacher and or a parent or a grandparent or somebody who's doing that. Okay, so like when my kids and our kids were in high school, I tell you what, I was not volunteering. I was doing the best I could to work two jobs, keep food on the table, and not want to kill them. Ah. And so... I love it. You know, they weren't getting that example from me mm-hmm. at that point in time. Did they, you know, you did they volunteer? Through. Did they have to do some well, yeah, because, and how did they react? Because they had they? to. Well, they just did it because they had to. Because they had to. Because it was one of those things. Some of them did. Now, some of them were a little more wired that way. Yeah. Um, out of our six boys, I think we maybe had two who were a little more wired to do oh, okay. it naturally. And so, you know, two out of six, that's not a bad number. <laughs> But I get, I really question that because I feel like, you know, forcing the issue is not necessarily a bad thing because it's exposure. Mm-hmm. It's just like yeah. your kids don't necessarily want to go to the opera, but I think every kid should see an opera mm-hmm. before, you know, they move on to their adult life. And and so, you know, you, you kind of, you, you expose them. And then they either pick it up or they don't. But it, there's just something kind of, to me, not quite right about, this issue where it's almost like a forced situation. What do you think about that, Sherry? I think if you don't expose them, they won't know it because mm-hmm. if they if they do have parents that are working two jobs, if mm-hmm. they don't have, you know, how else are they going to know that South Dallas exists if you don't take them mm-hmm. to South Dallas and say, here, we're going we're gonna to paint this house, we're going to fix this. If you don't, you know, and if it sparks something in them, great. If it doesn't, that's okay, too. I mean, I don't think it has, for me, it's more important that they actually go out and participate Mm -hmm. because it might not even be about painting the house. It might be learning to get along with other classmates. It Mm -hmm. might be, Mm -hmm. you know, it might be that connection. I just Mm -hmm. think that it's so important and so valuable to do what, you know, whatever it is, whatever the task is, Mm -hmm. because it's really more about, learning to come from that heart space, to learning to, because teenagers are all about themselves. Mm -hmm. And that's the time where they, you keep planting those seeds that, you know, Mm -hmm. yes, darling, you know, you're special and the whole world is special. (laughs) You know, and if you don't don't plant those seeds and let them see, wow, I can actually have an impact Mm -hmm. on somebody else's life. Mm -hmm. You know, wow, I can actually make a contribution. You know, we talk about, what's your contribution and how all that. And to show them that even the smallest thing, they don't have to, you know, I think some kids think, well, I don't have the skills to do that or I don't know what. But, you know, showing them that every little thing they do when you come from that heart space and when you come from just a willingness to show up a lot of times. Yes. Just a willingness to show up. and. Mm -hmm. Like you said, I didn't. I don't know how to hang sheetrock. I don't know how to tape and bed out. But I'll show up, and right. I'm willing to just learn, and I'll do the best I can do. And right. you know, and so when you come, if you can teach the kids to the importance of that, of just you know, I think just the fact that they are here on this planet, mm-hmm. you know, 
they need to participate. You know, that that is part of who they are is participation mm-hmm. in whatever level it is. And you don't have to be president and you don't have to, but there are things that you can do in your own your own world that have an impact. And I think, I, you know, you, I see more and more stories of people in their 20s and catching that, Yes. Catching that spirit and catching that wave of, yeah, we really can have an impact, right. and, it, and it is important to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's a beautiful thing that Ernest Holmes says that when you live consistently mm-hmm. um, from love and service on a daily basis, mm-hmm. you catch the currents of divinity. Mm-hmm. And I just oh, say that, that again slowly. Oh, you want me I like to do it. That? <laughs> I love that. I love that. Yeah, it's when you um, love and be in service consistently, you know, in your everyday life, you catch the currents of divinity. Mm-hmm. And he goes on to say you're really tapping into the same reservoir mm-hmm. of spirits mm-hmm. that every great teacher and every great master has ever used. Mm-hmm. And it's just that was so profound for me. It's like, yeah, it's there. All you have to do is step into it right. and just be in that flow and be in that trust and, you know, and just go out and give your gift, whatever your gift is. Mm-hmm. Do that, you know, and it's enough. Yes. And it's enough. Yes. And it's almost, you know, if everybody does what is their zen or their flow, right. mm-hmm. um, the 12-step programs have been a part of my life for many, many years, and there's a third step prayer that talks about, Mm -hmm. God, you do with me and be through me, you know, and Mm -hmm. I have said that prayer for probably, well, 31 years. I started when I was 19 going to Al-Anon, and I can absolutely feel energetically in my body when I am in that flow, and I try to consciously stay awake to that, whether I'm in line at the Mm -hmm. 7-Eleven store, where I'm walking across the street and seeing strangers, where I'm going into the jail and doing what I do there. It doesn't matter where I am. I really honestly believe that Mm -hmm. that that feeling of communal living or that, Mm -hmm. you know, living in service or being present and not ever understanding who's going to be God for me, you know, where am I going to show up for God for somebody else, but being aware that that's constantly at play, mm-hmm. I think does ignite that. And that service that service heart yeah. you know, can be so yeah. um, integral. And I love that. I didn't know yeah. that Ernest Holmes had that saying. I'm yeah. going to write that down. I love that. Right. Listen to the Science of Mind magazine on Thursday morning. Yeah. Mm. The Thursday morning mm. uh, this yeah. past week. It's, yeah, it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and, uh, you know, here... I, I loved learning this too because in in traditional um, study of you know from a Catholic background it it was sort of a it was sort of an expected thing that that mm-hmm. you had a, a servant's heart. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah, that's a thing. Right, right. right. Yeah. In fact, I I was a an all girls Catholic school Ursuline graduate in San Antonio uh, and their the motto was Servium. So it was mm, to serve was mm-hmm, the motto of the, mm-hmm. the school. Um and and so all of that aside, you know, I just thought it was kind of one of those things that you know, doesn't everybody or it's just like part mm-hmm. of religion, mm-hmm. quote unquote, in general. Um but what I loved about coming here to the center was learning about the five spiritual practices and that service is actually a spiritual practice. What are the five spiritual practices, Christine? We always try to talk about spiritual practices and different Uh. ways that we can utilize spiritual practices in our daily life, because for me that's really is the thing, Mm -hmm. to have a daily practice. And so we're coming towards the end of the show, and that's one of the things we try to do is talk about how do we, you know, how can we implement practices in, in our daily life to help us, with the topic at hand, so there you go, Christine. Look at you just naturally doing. That must be something amazing. There you go. There you go. I'm not a practitioner. I don't know the five. But I know there are five, but I can't tell them. You're the expert. <laughs> meditation. Okay, I got that one. Yeah. yeah. You have a, absolutely. You're, so you're a great model for that. doing mm-hmm. that, for right. what you've done. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes, we do have a 7 a.m. meditation at the Center for Spiritual Living every morning at 7 mm-hmm. to 7.30. Mm-hmm. And meditation, when you think of meditation as a as a service, is there any connection to that for either one of you in terms of? Well, I think it's its own. 
practice. So if, so if we listed the five spiritual practices, we have we have a um, we have spiritual mind treatment as we know it, or prayer, okay. meditation, okay. tithing is a spiritual <laughs> yeah. Oh my golly! Aren't you glad we're here? You Tribe 
claiming you in a sense because they recognize the gift within you and hold up the mirror so that you recognize it and then you have a little more of that pathway um, that incorporates very naturally service into whatever it is you're about in the world. And it's more internal. It's not so much the external whatever you do to make a living, but there's that internal something that resonates. And I think that's why we have so many people who today um, get miserable in their jobs and have that sense of, but I want to do something that makes a difference. You know, they have that, that midlife crisis before yeah, they yeah. get midlife. Right, right. Good for him having that midlife crisis. 25, absolutely. Yeah, exactly. right? yeah. yeah. It's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing at all. And you're young and good for you for recognizing it early yeah, on and yeah. know you're not trapped. And so now as a result of this conversation, I'm actually thinking I need to do with Peter what Sherry did with me and just say, come on down here. You want to see some feral cats? I got that as a project. Um, you know, you, I swear to you, I'm so glad y'all brought up the five uh, spiritual practices because thinking about service being a spiritual practice, right? That just shifts it all on its head in terms of that is the kind of the authentic authentic nature of service. Right. Absolutely. So we don't really have a spiritual practice necessarily that we talk about supporting service. We, we're saying service is a spiritual practice. practice. Just jump in and do exactly. that. You know. Exactly. Right. Well, and that's why here at the center, community service is such an integral part of what we teach and what we practice because mm. that gives so many people, and we have, you know, everything from the elementary school, so we've got people going to the eQuest center today to help. I saw that. Uh-huh. So, you know, there's lots of ways for people to show up with, um, you know, the different in different ways than are normally available in a spiritual community. And so mm-hmm. I think that's the fact that we value and it is part of our spiritual practice to do it. It, it does give it a different mindset and a different mm-hmm. flavor. Mm-hmm. And, um and there's so much, um, I think there's so much joy in doing that with a group of people, especially. Right. It's like it's a way to really make friends and bond with people that you normally, you know, might just see on a Sunday morning and yes. say, hi, how you doing? And you really get to know people on a different level. And um, mm-hmm. there's just there's great value in that, too. Well, sure. You get yeah. to connect from mm-hmm. a heart space rather than yeah. a head space. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and, and that makes a huge difference in how you form relationships. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think some of our closest friends here in the community that we didn't even know. I mean, when mm-hmm. Sherry and I walked through here with a paintbrush in hand saying, put us to work, <laughs> we didn't know anybody yeah. here. And those are where our closest Um, connections come from. So, you know, for people who are also looking for ways, you know, no matter what your spiritual path is, Mm -hmm. when you come to a new community, Mm -hmm. the fastest way Mm -hmm. to get over that feeling of you're an outsider Mm -hmm. is to volunteer, to just do something, you know, whether you're in the kitchen washing coffee cups or you're in the nursery rocking babies or you're, you know, planting flowers in the landscape or whatever. I mean, it's it is really the way that we connect at that very human heart level. Mm-hmm. And isn't that what we're all looking for mm-hmm. at the end of the day? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. nobody wants to die lonely. Everybody right. has, we're wired yeah. in a sense for connection. Um, even if you're the most introverted person, we're wired for that. And that's why it is a spiritual practice. You know, it's, it's an innate spiritual wiring mm-hmm. within us mm-hmm. um, to do it. That is so cool, and I think you're right. Most spiritual communities have something. You know, that's right. that's a general mm-hmm. rule of thumb mm-hmm. to do that. And where else? Schools. Obviously, I don't have two-legged children, but some but a lot of teachers, <laughs> yes. a lot of involvement. Sure. You can get involved in, yes, in service work sure. at school and animals. animals yes, and going in walking dogs. Or you know, I've been gardens. Um, last not having any two-legged children, I, I've never had that maternal instinct. I don't know what that says about me. That's another show. But um, <laughs> just in the last, like, six weeks, I've been drawn to babies. And ah. I came to me about a month ago I could go to our local community hospital, Parkland, right. and rock like they have, like, you, you know, can. crack babies and different babies that just are kind of abandoned and need yeah. 
human touch. And yes. so there's a lot of community service kind of things. What other, Absolutely. What other volunteer kind of things? I guess Republican, Democrat, Political, yeah. You said you were involved in that, Sherry, for a while. Yeah, absolutely. There's always, you know, it's election year, so there's always opportunities for people to get in, right. involved in that. You right. know, there's a lot of work with the homeless. Um, mm. You know, we've done that work here in our community, and there's, mm-hmm. I know our boys, one of their community service was to go down to the soup kitchen and, serve, oh, you know, serve. Uh-huh. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, really, there's a whole, there's a volunteer center here in Dallas that all they do is post volunteer opportunities. Oh, interesting. So wherever they are, they can probably, so, in most yeah. metropolitan cities. It in would be. most metropolitan cities, there's probably something, you know, mm-hmm. similar to that. That's so, because, you know, the truth is there's endless ways. Mm-hmm. You know, right. whether it's your neighborhood school, you can go and tutor a child. You can, mm-hmm. you know, you can go to your library. We have a really, the, I know the Dallas Public Library has really active programs for volunteers, for I didn't know that. Yeah, mm-hmm. for working with kids, for senior programs. Oh, um, senior community centers. Senior oh, that's community huge. Centers oh. It's really big. Um, so yeah, there's you know, it's just what wow. calls you. Mm-hmm. What is what's right. the spirit calling you to do? Right. And what you know, what excites mm-hmm. you? What's fun for you? Because I think that's so important that whatever it is, you should actually enjoy doing it. You know, you, yes, you, this doesn't have to be work. This yes. doesn't have to be something, oh, I've got to go do this. You know, because it, it, if it's that, then it's probably not what you should be doing um, because that energy is going to leave a trail right. behind you. So, right. you know, bring to it your love, bring to it your passion, bring to it your excitement and your joy and whatever that is. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, like I said before, it, it doesn't have to be a big thing. It can be, I think, the smallest of things. You know, what is that that Mother Teresa said, do the smallest acts with love is, is mm-hmm. you know, it's right. as impactful and great mm-hmm. as, any, mm-hmm. as any big thing. And that's where the opportunities in our daily life yes. lie. You yes. know, it's holding the door open for somebody. It's helping yes. somebody with their groceries. It's, mm-hmm. it's those little things. Because you don't ever know, actually, what impact you're having on mm-hmm. somebody else's life. And I love that. It reminds me of that commercial. Have you seen the insurance commercial where it shows the guy um, uh, picking up the apple that rolled off the girl's right, cart, yeah. and then somebody sees him doing right. that, and then they do something, stop right. the kid from running in front of the street, and somebody yes. sees that. And so that right. ripple effect yeah. of yeah. we don't even know who's watching us, exactly. I mean, you know, and how that the energy of that one little mm-hmm. positive thing mm-hmm. ripples into just, I mean, really mm-hmm. amazing Right. So, yeah, it's so, mm-hmm. that's that's the reality of angels. You know, mm-hmm. connecting to your earlier show about mm-hmm. angels. I mean, that that's how angels become real. And I, I think too that you know sometimes you don't have to go too far afoot. Um, <laughs> True enough. You know, it's, it's a neighbor might like yeah. uh, there's a you know a neighbor um, who could be in need and, and oftentimes some of the loneliest people yes. are within a stone's throw of your own house. Mm-hmm. A little difference of a um just a human touch, a little communication can make in their lives. You know, that's so true. I had a neighbor a year ago that we noticed none of us really saw him living in the hood. We're all out on the front porch, you know, right. <laughs> right. outdoor people. And um we would talk about how we never saw Sally Sue, you know, I, mean, I didn't even know her name. Right. And uh, uh, one night she tried to kill herself. And we all, as a neighborhood community, saw that as our, you know, because we didn't reach out. And so, you know, as we come to a close here, uh, you know, I love that reminder to just look in our own backyard right. for the service, mm-hmm. how to say yes to spirit. Yes. Absolutely. So if people have loved what y'all had to say, Tracy's the uh, technical one, and we're going to have her put some sort of link. Do y'all have a, a email or a, something you'd be willing that we could put on Blog Talk Absolutely. Radio? Sure, sure. Because y'all are sure. open to spiritual counseling or practitioner sessions yes. here if you're in the Dallas area. So. Absolutely. Sure. Or even guidance on, you know, volunteer opportunities. Mm, how to find yeah. on how to do that or opportunities. They can contact Sherry. Oh, sure. <laughs> she will bring you to the hood. I love that. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Well, y'all have been cool. I really appreciate you. Thanks so much for today. Thank you, Leslie. Thank you. Y'all have a great day. And, and remember, until we talk to you again, to say yes to spirit.